Are you ranking for the right keywords? GummyCube can help your users find your app through search on the app stores. That's the Google Play and the Apple app stores. Ranking for the right keywords can increase your reach by five to 10 times. So to learn more, go to www.gummycube.com. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, gummycube.com. Thank you to GummyCube for supporting this show. AppTensive will improve your mobile app ratings and help you grow your user base. So to sign up for a free mobile app consultation, go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase, app app ten t e n t i v e dot com apptentive.com forward slash app guy. And thank you so much, AppTentive, for supporting this show. My name is Alec Gordon. I'm the co-founder of Beam Messenger, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. This is the show that we go around the world and we introduce you to uh, the most inspiring uh, interesting guests that we can find in the world of PR, entrepreneurship, uh, mobile apps, whatever we can do to help us in our journeys. So if you're an app entrepreneur or if you're uh, working for a startup, if you're if you're actually running a startup, this is the show for you. Uh, oh man, I've got a great episode. I actually went recently to Apps World. I met uh, with this wonderful guest. He's agreed to come on the show. Let me introduce Ryan Johnson. He is the VP of Mobile Engineering at BuzzFeed, and we're going to talk about BuzzFeed. That's someone uh, I'm sure that you've heard of that. So Ryan, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you, Paul. Good to be here. It's good to have you on. Now, Ryan, we're going to talk a lot of stuff, but I'd love to know about you personally before we start. Um, how long have you been at BuzzFeed and what encouraged you to join? So I've been at BuzzFeed. It's uh, going on two years now. Um, they were actually a client of mine when I was doing uh, consulting um, back back about three years ago. I've been doing apps for about, about six, seven years now. So it's been something I've been passionate about. And then... Uh, when the opportunity came around to work for BuzzFeed, I, I jumped on it. It's uh, an important part of what we do at a company. It's an important part of how we, we view uh, distribution of our content. And um, when I had the opportunity to like join the team and uh, grow the team and grow our, our ever-expanding series of apps, I, I uh, was pretty enthusiastic. Moved halfway across the United States to do it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, actually, it's a really big outfit as well, because I know in your presentation, you were talking about just the size of the number of people working at BuzzFeed. Maybe you can give us a sense of like the, the size of the operation. Yeah, overall, we're uh, well over a thousand people uh, throughout the entire company. But as it relates to apps, um, we've grown the team from when I started from about, uh, about let's just say about four or five people, including design and engineering, um, to uh, well over about 50 um, so in about about two years, we we had ten times growth, which kind of shows how important all this is to us. That's what now. Um, okay, so we're gonna have to jump into some of the uh, things that I can remember from your wonderful presentation at Apps World, and one of them is the sheer growth of the way we share content through messaging. Perhaps we can talk a little bit about what you, what you're seeing with regards to mobile apps and the way we're actually sharing. Yeah, I think it's a it's a bigger 
bigger picture here thing is is that you look at how people are using their phones, and it's primarily as a social communication device, right? In 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 a way, I think we've we've lost touch with that. I mean that it. We call them phones, but they're, they, we act like they're more computers. But a phone itself is a communication device. The entire device started around people talking to each other, communicating with each other, and, and reducing the friction around doing that. And it's expanded from there. And it went from you know, people calling each other to people texting each other to people like broadcast messaging. Uh, so when you post something to Facebook, you're broadcasting it to all your friends or Instagram to a larger audience to really now even back to a focus on one-to-one messaging. And, and you can see that there's been this increasing time spent in social apps and now an increasing time spent in messaging apps. And you look at something like WhatsApp, which has 800 million users. Like Facebook Messenger has 700 million users every month. And um, they're being kind of the primary way people communicate nowadays. Um, I don't know about you, Paul, but I, I'm always, I always find it weird where somebody calls me as opposed to messages me or, or texts me. Um, and I think that that's emblematic of a growing trend. So let's just um, try to understand this behavior from people because we love to uh, learn about you know the way people are using apps. I mean, it's something that I'm passionate about as well. So if we see something interesting, uh, we, we jump to WhatsApp, to Facebook Messenger, to WeChat, to Slack, I guess that's growing, and, and all these different ways of communicating almost directly with uh, the recipients or, or doing group chats. Is that, is that kind of like the difference between that and, and social media? Yeah, I think that there's different reasons for both. Like sometimes you want to broadcast your message out to a large group. You want to say maybe announce the birth of a child or some important life event, this kind of thing you want to share with everyone. And then there's sometimes... Ryan, if you want to announce the birth of a child, you can do this on this show. We've had this several times now. <laughs> well, I- uh, there's, there's no birth of a child that I know about right now. <laughs> I actually had somebody who almost, uh, I think his wife, in fact, ironically, texted him to say that she was going into labor and that was, and he had to finish off the interview. So <laughs> <laughs> That's a good excuse. Paul, I'm going to be worried if my girlfriend shows up on the show. Though. <laughs> it does. It has known to be ha- to happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I, what I was saying was, like, you know, that uh, there's kind of different utilities for both of these social experiences. And the messaging one is, is kind of that inter, interpersonal, the one-on-one relationship. I share very differently with my uh, girlfriend than I would with, say, uh, broadcast everyone. I, I have maybe more public uh, persona that I want to maintain, an image I want to maintain, and I think everyone does. And that's different than the one-on-one interpersonal relationship. And then for us, one of the questions is how do we harness both of those experiences and create uh, and leverage that in our apps, right? Yeah, so how are you harnessing that whole explosion of uh, these messaging apps? What are you doing for that? So um, I, we recently, about a, about a week ago, launched Quiz Chat, which is um, kind of a riff on our, our quiz format, which allows you to take quizzes with your, your friends and family. And um, instead of being focused around saying one person taking a quiz and then posting it to Facebook, it's about two people taking a quiz together and then sharing it with each other as opposed to broadcasting it. So we've launched that. It's, it's been doing great. Um, it's been uh, the app. It, it's also around an idea that the app itself can go viral. Um, and, and there's a re-engagement there. And uh, so far, it's been great. It's, it's been growing internationally. Yeah, because I noticed in your chat about um, the quiz chat that you're actually not promoting this through the normal channels. You're just seeing how it grows organically. And what have you seen from those organic results? 
Um, yeah. So first of all, yeah, as you said, like we, we haven't, we, we soft launched this. This was kind of, which is kind of unique for us. We wanted to, we wanted to really treat this like an experiment and see what happened. Um, so we didn't do much, anything more than the bare minimum amount of promo to get, um, some seed users on the app. Um, there was say, no, uh, we haven't been featured by Apple. We haven't been featured by Google. You know, we did a little bit of PR, but not much by our standards. Um, we really wanted to see if like there was something to this, whether you could, you could drive app installs um, from the app itself, right? From the, from the kind of content of the app itself. Yeah, because that's, that's actually how a lot of apps have become successful. You know, I'm thinking back to all, all those apps that have been bought out by bigger companies. And, you know, in a way, they've all started with this kind of crazy viral sharing. Yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, the, the, it's something that we as app developers need to be cognizant of. And I think there's... Uh, very legitimate concerns about you know app discovery. It's tough to do. There are a lot of apps out there, and I think instead of just saying like uh, uh, app discovery is tough and then resigning ourselves to that fact, it's like how do we work in that context? And and one of the ways you do that is by by focusing on a virality in the app itself. And um, this is one of our experiments around that. But more broadly, we also be thinking about that. Like it's an important part of the experience. Um, and you want to do it in a good and engaging way. You don't want to be annoying. You don't want to be that game that's posting people, you know, like messaging Facebook friends <laughs> yeah. without people's permission, right? Yeah, just click um, that one button and then suddenly you've got posts galore. I mean, we've obviously gone all through that with um, the, the early parts of Farmville and all those, uh, the ways of uh, um, Candy Crush as well was pretty big on that. Yeah, and every now and then you still hear that app that still tries to do that or that one thing that slips through where they like text message everyone in your contacts or some other horrible, horrible thing. Um, you know, in a way, it's losing sight of, you know, losing sight of the goal, which is to create a great user experience. And you can do that if you kind of think about like the virality of the app and the user experience as two intertwined things and not like, I'm just going to blast this out there to promote the app, right? You can always kind of get focused on the metric and not the the reason you're pursuing the metric. And, and I think those apps have lost that fact, but... Uh, I like to think the social quizzes aren't that. So, uh, I mean, just if anyone's driving and they want to uh, download the app, uh, they, they can actually go to the show notes. I'm going to put all the links into episode 388. Uh, just search Ryan Johnson uh, for the theappguy.co. Uh, I was actually really interestingly that the episode before you, uh, we did actually talk about BuzzFeed and it was because BuzzFeed made a massive difference to this app. About a year ago, they featured this app called Beam Messenger, uh, and it was life-changing for the uh, founder because he went from like five downloads a day to this crazy viral app. And it was all because BuzzFeed took the initial um, uh, interest in the app. And so it makes such a, a massive difference to developers when you feature apps. Uh, I wondered how you actually go through that whole process of, of choosing who to promote uh, and and how, in a way, we could catch your eye to get to get mentioned uh, by BuzzFeed for our apps. Yeah, so I think first of all, we have a uh, we've we have a great group of tech reporters in our San Francisco bureau who uh, cover all things tech, and you know, I think they're always on the lookout for for mm -hmm. new apps that um, you know provide great user experiences in new and innovative ways, right? Um, I'm not familiar with the app you talked about, but you know, all the apps they focus are kind of those kind of fun new ways to approach problems. They solve problems for users, and they're great apps too. So I, I really think if you focus on the user, just generally, this isn't just how do you get featured by BuzzFeed. I think this is how do you get featured and be successful 
generally is if you focus on the user and you create a great quality product, a great quality app that solves a problem for people, it, it, the rest kind of flows naturally. You have to do the outreach. It, it won't necessarily sell itself, but if you focus on those kind of things, um, you'll be successful. Yeah, yeah. Because Grant, if you can imagine that, many of the apps to try, people listening to this, uh, do, do actually uh, get slightly despondent when thinking about trying to get their apps discovered, because we're all competing against the, the mighty uh, companies now uh, that have huge uh, marketing budgets, that have their own PR agencies, and uh, I wondered if there is any room, do you think, for the small indie app entrepreneur who is uh, uh, trying to promote their app without any kind of sizable marketing budget? Yeah, I, absolutely. I think it's 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 difficult, right? Like it, it's it, it's a lot easier when you're you know you're you're you know like King Games and you have a million billion dollars and you can go <laughs> yeah. buy installs at you know ten dollars a pop. That that makes it easier, but um, it 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 doesn't. It's not the end all and be all. There's a lot of times that that's failed, right? And there's a lot of indie success stories, and I just like to say like part, discovery is only part of the issue, right? You can go get your app discovered, but if users aren't coming back to it, if they're not finding value in it, the discovery is for is all for naught, right? It's the same. Th- it's the same thing if you're a big app maker, right? Like you can go spend all the money on app installs, but if you have made this quality product that has good retention that users love and and they want to share with their friends. Um, it, it, it's it's kind of it's only part of the issue, right? Um, you need that discovery. I, I think we should view discovery as a way of of getting those initial seed users for the app that then want to share it with their friends, that then want you know that then have that viral mechanism to to come back to tell their friends about it, to go and and message their friends that piece of app content. Um, discovery is a launch. It's not a. a it, it, it's 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 step one, step two through four, which is keeping users coming back and sharing out of your app is, is equally, if not more important. Yeah, I've actually had uh, one or two uh, people listening to the show uh, ask me to ask you, <laughs> okay, um, how sites like BuzzFeed manage relationships with the large major companies that have you know maybe an attachment to a large venture capital fund and they have lots of contacts and you know as i say a professional pr agency with all the contacts uh, and uh, how do you manage that those relationships uh, compared to maybe the, the smaller uh, solo entrepreneur who's, who's maybe working uh, from from a garage on their own doing apps uh, do, do you um have you got any guidance for us yeah, I mean, I, I've been on kind of both sides of the aisle here. I've done some solo stuff, and you know, now had a chance to work at a particularly large uh, app company. But I think, in the end, uh, it's you know, y- you don't just get to that point where you have those relationships with the big publishers and big PCs and those kind of things until you kind of reach scale of your app. Um, and once you do that, like your your interests are aligned, that you, um, you know, Apple and Google have a desire to promote great amazing apps and uh, it doesn't matter to them if that's a BuzzFeed or if that's an independent publisher. It's just uh, they have a vested interest in, in just featuring the best that's out there, providing the best value to their users. Um, yeah, I mean, I could actually uh, resonate with what you're saying because uh, I recently helped get an app into the best new featured section and uh, it, uh, it was uh, it was truly because the app was good and uh, not because we had any uh, influence other than that. Uh, I was wondering, actually, you're uh, into news and discovery. What did you think to uh, the Apple's um, 
new news default app, you know, with iOS 9. Did you mm-hmm. have any views on that? Yeah, actually, so we, we partnered with them. Actually, I, I was responsible for that project at BuzzFeed, uh, working with them to get our content there. And yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we're excited about it. We think uh, uh, we're excited to get our content anywhere that will pretty much have it. Um, you know, and we think the news app's a good opportunity for people to, uh, 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 we may not reach otherwise to, to read BuzzFeed News, um, which is a growing product for us. And the native experience there is, is really solid. The native articles there are, are really well done. And uh, it's something we're actually trying to emulate in our apps. Yeah, I have to say, Ryan, I mean, clearly BuzzFeed are taking a slightly different viewpoint to maybe other uh, PR and, uh, you know, like to, um, people in tech. Because you, you are focused purely on the content and getting the content out there wherever people may see it or read it. Whereas maybe the other viewpoint is we need as many people to come back to our website so that we can show them ads and all this sort of stuff. But what... Um, What's behind the strategy of just getting content out everywhere? Maybe t- talk us through the kind of feeling behind that. Well, yeah, I think uh, we, we want to get where our users are and provide them, you know, provide, get our content in front of them however possible. And then from that, we want to get that data back from all these different platforms and use that to power uh, uh, better creation of new content. And then you have this very virtuous cycle of content and data going from one place to many places. And I think one of the reasons we're also really excited about multiple platforms is we can apply the learning on one platform and then apply it to a different platform. So, um, you know, things we learn on our own and operated platforms like our BuzzFeed app, um, we can get, say, maybe a lot of data around engagement. We can have a better sense on a smaller scale because we own the platform. We can get all the data back from it of what's working. And then we can use that to make a better uh, article we post to Apple News, right? Uh, we can just get a very virtuous cycle. And the more places we inter- have people interfacing with content, uh, the better, the more data we get back. Oh, yeah, that, that is so great. I actually now get that. So it's all about the, the data gathering in a way from seeing what's popular and what people are reading. And uh, and then you could almost incorporate that into your team. You know, the 50 odd people that are working with mobile apps to make better, awesome apps. To And also to, you know, talking about quiz chat, the fact that you're creating that because of the trends that you're seeing with the content that goes out everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Like we can we can see things from all over the place and then apply those learnings elsewhere. Um, you know, we could we could see what's working uh, for you know what video is working in our app and then promote it on YouTube. Um, it, it's it's this very synergistic relationship across all these platforms. I think you can't view even as an app developer, you can't even just view these like walled gardens, right? Like you don't want to just people go one place. Like you want your app to get out in multiple places and your content to go out to multiple places and then eventually funnel people back if possible. But So Ryan, I cannot, uh, I've tried, I've, I've tried not to ask you this, but it's just too, too tempting. The dress, the dress. You probably are like so sick of talking about this dress, but this dress is a phenomenon. I, I know that you, it was in your presentation. And for anyone who's wondering, it's that dress that's gold and white or black and blue. And uh, I, I love that presentation you showed, uh, you know, the, the server blowing up and how it went viral from a few tweets and stuff. So, how viral was that whole campaign with the dress? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the the the. It's a great case study in the power of virality and, and the power of cross platforms. Um, and I just want to say, it's clearly a blue and black dress. 
It's definitely not white and gold. Uh, well, uh, I see. I see both. I see both. Just to <laughs> sit on the fence. I, Come on, you're a I consultant. See one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. From the consultant standpoint, it's whatever your client wants it to be. Exactly. Um, many of arguments I've got into about it, but it's it, it really is a great great case study. It's it, you can see how um, a Tumblr post. A Tumblr embed in a BuzzFeed post goes to a tweet from our BuzzFeed.com, and then from there it, it spirals out. There, our Facebook post spikes eight million views, and then uh, in the end, with this all you said now, this is very cascading flow of information for from one Twitter, one tweet goes out to be posted to Facebook, goes out into dark social, which is what we call um, like email or other forms where it's tough to track the source of. Um, it's like the, the compounding power of social media was very apparent there. And in the end, you know, um, it spirals out to we have about 60 million views for that one post alone. Um, you know, at one time we have 40,000 people in our apps and 600,000 people on BuzzFeed.com in a given second. Um, and it's like I say, of the 600,000, uh, almost 700,000 people, uh, th those people are probably in apps themselves. Like uh, most of our traffic, 70, over 70% is mobile. So, uh, and most of that is in, are, is in somebody else's app. Um, so apps are these very important things. It just may not be in our app where the traffic is coming through. It's coming through from a cacophony of apps. Maybe, uh, what's the biggest thing you've learned from that whole experience with the dress so that you could help maybe someone who is uh, an entrepreneur, maybe working for a startup, building their own app, and they want to try to, learn something from this whole experience? I mean, can it be replicated and, and what can we take away and learn from it? Yeah, I mean, I think what can be replicated is it, the lesson here is find that really engaging content that multiple people can, you know, either identify with or, or, or they find the challenge itself something they want to share with their friends. And, and from that, like, things could, there is such a low barrier to, to sharing something. There's such, so low friction that uh, something can cascade and like blow up in, in a matter of hours nowadays. Like it, it's the beauty of something. It also, from an engineering side point, is, is also you should be very concerned about being able to scale your site and your traffic uh, for when these things happen because it, it, they absolutely can, right? It, it's not, it, it didn't have to be BuzzFeed. It could, be, could have been anyone um, who had that kind of content that is shared and, and goes, gets out there and, and blows up in a, short period of time. Yeah, and, and I'm guessing it has actually done um, very well in terms of bringing attention and uh, yeah, t talking points um, in terms of what you're doing. Yeah, um, and I, I, Paul, one, one other thought too is like analogous is, is something like that Yo app, which is this kind of the social phenomenon that you know people share this virality in the app and, and, and things uh, uh, grow out of nowhere overnight too. Yeah, I mean, I feel very honored with this show because I've been doing it now for several years and uh, within the space, it's a bit like London buses, within the space of uh, less than a week or so, I'm getting to talk about the Yo app with the, the person who was campaigned for that and now uh, the dress. <laughs> so it's like two buses at once. Now it's time to thank my sponsors. App Store Optimization is the best user acquisition channel that you can actually get. Focus Focusing on search ranking within the app stores can help you gain quality users cost-effectively. GummyCube has exclusive data and algorithms from thousands of campaigns to help you with app store optimization. These are the key ASO factors that they look at. App title, app keywords, app reviews and ratings, app description, app logo, app screenshots, app publish name, 
app category. And if we actually just focus on one, app keywords, for example, this is what users are actually looking for. You know you're only allowed 100 characters. Picking the best keywords requires understanding your market and actually, GummyCube can help you with this. They have a full App Store optimization service. So why spend all the time trying to do this yourself? Just don't take the risk of missing any one of these factors. Go and get GummyCube to help you out. It's www.gummycube.com, G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E, gummycube.com, and start optimizing your app today. And let me thank GummyCube for being such a great supporter of this show. So let me tell you about my awesome sponsor. It's Apptentive. They allow you to listen and learn to what your customers love about your app. You can discover how easy it is to increase your ratings and retention by actually listening to your customers. But don't just hit my word for it. Uh, here's some people who have used Apptentive. Big Fish Games says Apptentive's SDK was the easiest integration I've done. It just works. It's dead simple. Stock Twits say Apptentive has been vital in improving our mobile app ratings growing our user base and fielding support issues. So go to www.apptentive.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase, apptentive.com forward slash app guy. Thank you very much to Apptentive for sponsoring the show. And now let's return to the episode. Um, one of the questions uh, um, someone has asked uh, in the Appster tribe, the, the listeners, um, wondering what trends you're seeing uh, in, in tech that could help makers of products and services and apps. So yeah, yeah. maybe yeah, it's maybe a trend that you think that we probably haven't come across yet. You know, I, I think the the some of the biggest trends are are, are right in front of our faces. Uh, um, there, there's two. I think that the fine people at Google and Apple are very very smart and talented, and, and you look where it's sometimes it's it's interesting to see where they're investing their time, their resources, and their money, and where they see things going, and. and it's into wearables. It's into the watches, right? You have uh, Android uh, uh, gear, and you have the uh, Apple Watch, and, and it's into TVs too. Um, and it there's also kind of an untapped. It, I find this exciting. There's like an untapped uh, uh, landscape there. How do we create great, engaging kinds of apps and content there for these two uh, nascent platforms? Um, TV itself is a nascent, but the idea that we are using this like you know large screen on a, with a different kind of remote to, to just do things beyond video is is new, and I think that's a really interesting area. And the other really exciting thing too is uh, VR. I think a lot of publishers, ourselves included, are getting really into VR, and uh, some really cool things are going to be happening there in the the coming years. Yeah, I'm all into that. In fact, when I met you at the uh, conference, I put on Oculus Rift for the first time, and whoa, that blew me away. Have you put one of those on yet? Yeah, yeah I, I think I wore one at uh, F8 was last time I wore it. I've done a, I played a lot of a lot with Google Cardboard too, but um, yeah, I think we're at a, a tipping point there as that starts to be adopted by your average consumer. There's guys like you and me, Paul, who who are really into tech and will jump into stuff, but when your average person kind of gets uh, 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 comes into contact with that. There'll be some really cool. That's when we'll hit that tipping point, and that will really start to take off. T terrific. Well, this has been a, a wonderful chat, and uh, oh, the, the last thing I need to ask you, Brian. This is a show about apps, after all, and uh, one of my favorite things is to discover new apps uh, from our guests. So do you do you have any uh, one, maybe one or two app recommendations for us uh, that you think would be good discoveries? So uh, recently, I've been uh, I've really gotten back into using Swarm. It went, you know broke out from Foursquare, 
I've also been using Foursquare a lot, a lot more than I've been, you know, the, for like finding re- recommendations of things and restaurants. When I was in London last week, I was using Foursquare to find uh, where to go. Um, so, so I'm actually going to, can I reveal a trend to you? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, you can. Uh, okay. Um, it's really strange. Swarm has never been mentioned on my show, but every time I get a journalist on or someone in the tech press, so we had someone from TechCrunch, we had someone from the next web. Everyone's using Swarm in in like the tech circles, so that maybe it's it's making a massive comeback, and that should be the app for 2016. Yeah, there, there's a lot of you know there's a lot of really smart people at uh, Foursquare generally, and I think they they uh, they had a tough decision they made with their splitting up the, the Foursquare app, and I think uh, it's really finally coming around, and hopefully it's paying off for them. So. Yeah, no, it's just, a, it, well, it's a very um, coincidental that, you know, you happened to mention Swarm and it was mentioned by uh, the others uh, that uh, maybe compete in your space. So it was like, a, a, hey, there you go, there's a trend. Um, so, right. Um, you know, yeah, it's always interesting. I mean, I think one, I was, one last comment is always, uh, one thing I always have to remind myself is the world isn't always like, uh, like me and the people in tech, right? Like there's a broader broader group of users out there that don't use these things. It's always interesting to see how they use apps and what they find. find uh, yeah. Isn't it frustrating place? when you, you go out and, and you look at someone with an iPhone and they've just got the standard apps, there's no downloaded apps, and they just, you, you know, they're not using their phone correctly. And uh, I know. <laughs> I know. It's just like you're missing out on half the experience. There's a lot of great things out there. Yeah, Ryan, this has been such a great chat. Oh, um, I'm so glad you and your dog could join in. And uh, <laughs> uh, as I say, there, there will be um, show notes uh, to episode 388 with Ryan Johnson. Just go and check that out. Um, in the meantime, how can people get in touch with you? What, what's the best way of uh, reaching out? Yeah, I'm always, I, I love to talk to people. I love to talk shop. Um, they can just email me at, at ryan.johnson at BuzzFeed. Dot com or I'm also on Twitter, which is uh, underscore Ryan Johnson underscore. That's what happens when you make a bad uh, Twitter handle choice. Hey, I've got plenty of underscores in later. my one. <laughs> <laughs> um, either way, is it's, it's I can be gotten hold of there. Right, uh, wonderful, Ryan. Uh, this has been so great. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, feel like. Uh, we've learned so much about uh, quiz chat and uh, messaging and uh, the, the dress and, and all this stuff. What a great world we live in. So thanks very much for coming on the show and uh, all the best with uh, what you're getting up to. Great. Thanks, Paul. Go and check out Gummy Cube. That's www.gummycube.com. Remember, they offer a complete app store optimization solution. And that means that you don't have to think about all those factors surrounding ASO. You could just get them to do it every month and it will increase your app downloads and help with app discoverability. I highly recommend them. Go to www.gummycube.com. Thanks to Gummy Cube for supporting the show. Also remember that this episode has been brought to you by Apptentive. They have the intelligent ratings reviews widget and you need to use this to get higher up the charts and get better reviews going onto your review page. So go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy. That's apptentive.com forward slash app guy. All over case. And thank you Apptentive for continuing to support the show. So just one final announcement. I am testing uh, articles and blogging, and I realized that I'm producing a lot of audio content, but I do need more uh, written content. It's actually as a direct result of uh, getting a lot of these journalists like Ryan on the show. And so I am taking some of uh, the episodes and transcribing those and putting them onto Medium. 
and also onto sites like Hacker News and Growth Hacker and Inbound and Designer News. And it's generating some good traffic. If you're interested in a deep dive into the statistics, do get in touch with me and I'll email you those. It's paul at theappguy.co, paul at theappguy.co or Twitter. You can DM me, it's paul underscore s underscore kemp. And it's great to get written content out there because like Ryan said on this episode, it's a lot to do with the virality and uh, podcasting is not as viral as uh, blogging and uh, getting written content out there on the web. So I realized that I need to do a better job with that. Uh, do go to Medium, search for Paul Kemp, and you'll see me on there. And do follow me, and you'll see uh, the articles that are going on, and, and it'll give you a good demonstration of what it's like to actually get written content out there as a, a way of driving traffic to uh, your content. Thanks very much for listening to this episode. I look forward to delivering another episode to you shortly. Bye for now.